Hey everybody, this is Alex for an emergency podcast episode of Sports the Nemo Way, where uh, we wanted to have a Super Bowl preview episode, but then this Matthew Stafford to the Rams trade, I guess Jared Goff went to the Detroit as well, happened, and we're like, you know what, we're going to do an emergency episode and a Super Bowl preview all wrapped up in one. So we're going to get started here, but... Before we do that, we have a guest for the first time in one of our episodes. Uh, We brought in Bob to be a guest on our episode because he actually likes Tom Brady, unlike everybody else in this room. Uh, So we thought it would bring some fairness to the Bucks and Brady talk. Uh, But now that being said, I'm going to kick it over to our uh, Rams fan to see what he thinks about the uh, Rams bringing in Matthew Stafford. Uncle Doug? I am thrilled that we brought in Matthew Stafford. Um, I think Sean, we've got a great coach in L.A. I really like Sean McRae. Great defense. But we just really couldn't rely on Jared Goff to, to get the job done. Uh, we had the weapons, and at times he played well. But you couldn't count on it. Um, once the, uh, the opposing coaches figured out that if they didn't set their defense until – after McVeigh could talk to him in his helmet, he had a hard time reading the defense. And uh, Belichick figured that out in the Super Bowl, and we scored, what, three points or something? And uh, the offense has gone downhill since. Well, what do you think of uh, giving up the two firsts and a third, along with Jared Goff? Well, we did have to give up a lot. Uh, you know, The, the third-round pick is probably going to be one of the compensatory picks that we have. Um, we got one for the Lions signing their new GM who came from the Rams. So we're kind of giving that back. Uh, I figure it's one first-round pick for Stafford, which I think is what most teams were offering. And the second first-round pick is for taking Goff's contract, which has three or four years and 100, at least 110 maybe $130 million left on it. and Over 100 of that's guaranteed. So that definitely helps our cap space. Um, we still got Stafford still signed for two years. So that gives him a couple years where we've still got Aaron Donald and uh, Ramsey and everybody under contract. Well, I will say that the, uh, the NFL's cap and how you trade players and cut players and still end up with half their contract on your books is, is really confusing. But the way I understand it is is that the Rams are still responsible for Jared Goff's uh, what are they, bonuses. Signing bonuses. Yeah, so. signing bonuses. Thank you. Um, so I think this year it's like fifteen million. Right. Uh, yeah. I think they, I think you're right. I think the signing bonus we probably still are responsible for. But I do believe there's part of Stafford's contract that the Lions are still responsible for. So I think you don't come out completely backwards and all that. But uh, there, honestly, I don't. I don't. Maybe maybe it's me being unprepared, but looking at the the contract situations with trades in the NFL is mind boggling to me sometimes. But uh, that being said, uh, I thought personally that y'all gave up a decent amount, um, but we've seen teams give up multiple first round picks for guys like Jalen Ramsey, you know, a corner, and uh, Khalil Mack. Uh, a pass rusher, so giving up two first-rounders for a quarterback I don't think is out of the realm of possibility. 
Um, that that being said, I mean, I, my next question, I guess, is the last time the Rams had a first-round pick was 2016, and they don't have another one again until 2024. Right. How do you continue to build a team without first-round draft picks? Uh, you've got to hit free agency, and you've got to hit on your second and third rounders. I mean, you just you just have to. They have I mean, a couple it, times. It's a gamble. Akers was a rookie this year, correct? Right. He was really good. He was second rounder. They got him a second rounder. They yeah. decent. They got a couple of linebackers. And a couple of our linemen, I think, maybe have come that way, too. Something kind of funny I was thinking about the other day. Just like two years ago, Rams paid Goff, Gurley, and Cook, who are all gone. And I know they're at least still paying two of them, maybe three. So they're still paying Gurley a little bit for this year and maybe <laughs> next year. And they're still paying Goff. I don't even know where Cook's went to. Where'd he go to? Houston, I believe. Houston, yeah. yeah. I don't know if they're still paying him, but they might be. Well, they cut Gurley before his contract kicked in. Their his contract hadn't even started when they cut him. They owe him some certain amount of money for the next like two or three years or something. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we don't have a uh, Lions fan here. We do have a Bears fan in Drew, so a division rival. Um, what What did you think looking at your division rival, the, the Lions, about with this trade? Um, well, as a Bears fan, it's pretty good for us. We place uh, Matthew Stafford with Jared Goff. If you put Jared Goff on the Lions, well, I think he's going to do a lot worse without Sean McVay <laughs> telling him where to throw the ball. So you don't think he's going to bite your kneecap off? No. Dan Campbell. Uh, <laughs> what do they call him? Motor City Dan Campbell. <laughs> MCDC. <laughs> uh, so you like the fact that now you have to face Jared Goff twice a year. Yeah, I feel really confident in both those games. <laughs> I mean, I already felt pretty confident playing the Lions, but without Matthew Stafford, I feel even better. Fair enough. Um, Ray, do you have any strong feelings either way about either team? I know you're a Colts fan, not a... I mean, no, not really strong feelings. I mean, would I like to have been on the Colts? I mean, yeah, but I don't care either way now because he's not my way now. So he can go, you know, down the road. Well, interestingly enough, we have two Colts fans here with Wade and Ray. Uh, I thought it was a foregone conclusion. The Colts end up with, or not Jared Goff, excuse me, Matthew Stafford. What happened? Everything I heard, it was us, 49ers, the Redskins, and maybe the Broncos. We're going to go really hard after. But everything I've heard is, since the trade happened, was the Rams were the only one that were going to throw in two first-round picks. So everyone else, like Chris Ballard's not going to do that. He loves his draft picks. I think he's only, what, he's done one trade since he's been our GM, really, and that was for DeForest Buckner last year, which was a great trade for us. But, uh, yeah, I don't think anyone really wanted to give up multiple first-round picks, but the Rams are in their Super Bowl window, so it kind of made sense for them because they have, they're loaded right now. They have a top-five defense. Three good wide receivers, maybe four. Cup, uh, Jefferson, Reynolds. Woods. Woods. You have yeah. two decent tight ends, I think. Yeah. Higby and Everett. Two good running backs. Now you have Matthew Stafford. It made sense for the Rams, I thought. Well, I thought the Rams had a Super Bowl defense this year. Yeah. If they can return that defense, maybe not even exactly as good, but similar, and then add a competent offense, it could be a contender for sure. Anytime you. You have the best corner in the league and the best defensive lineman in the league. You're going to wreck some havoc on defense. Both those guys are unstoppable. Ramsey and Donald. Fair enough. Um, so, obviously, 
I mentioned earlier that we brought Bob in, and he's a Patriots fan. He's, he's I'm staring at this lousy Patriots jersey across from me. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, so I ask you, did your Patriots ruin Jared Goff? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He had to been close to the same spice. Set the pattern. Everybody followed. It's a copycat league. Well, I guess the real question is, though, is the reports came out from Scheffner after the trade that Stafford told the Lions he would accept a trade to every team in the league except New England. <laughs> How do you feel about that? I mean, Bill Belichick, he's a, I guess, a, an acquired taste <laughs> for some players. So you know, do, if you don't want to come there, that's fine. Whatever. But you all do need a quarterback. I mean, you don't want another year of Cam Newton, right? Not, not like much. Not for his MVP I'm not even trying to bash on Cam Newton. I really think Cam Newton's career is over. I think his body yeah. has failed him. I don't think it's. I don't think he can throw. Like, his shoulder can't make throws. Like, he can still run. He had like 12 rushing touchdowns this year, but he only threw for like five. Like, literally, it was something that low. Yeah, like it five was, or six. Yeah, it it was not a great year. Although. I think it was like the first three weeks, y'all went like two and one, yeah. and y'all were running uh, the, well, pretty much the option with yeah. with him, and it was really successful. And then he got COVID, and when he came back, he the, the he, he his run game wasn't the same. And I just don't think I I agree with Wade. I don't think his arm was ever going to be what it needed to be for y'all to just drop back and pass. Um, it looked like for him to throw like fifteen twenty yards down the field. It looked like he was like trying to throw a ninety mile an hour fastball, like putting everything into it. Um, right. Most of his throws ended up in the dirt. To be honest, it was not a good year, and I realize you guys don't have a lot of weapons or whatever. But uh, there was clearly some issues with Cam. I don't. What really hurt him was one, like you said, they have almost no weapons. Old Julian Edelman, sorry, but. Um, Julian Edelman. Yeah, I, I, I botched that one. But, uh, but they, in, they were doing good together before Julian got hurt. So that was Cam's go-to guy. And then he got hurt, then he got COVID, and then just down in the spiral. Well, in, in fairness to the Patriots, too, they had a lot of guys opted out. Oh, yeah. I think they um, said seven starters right, opted yeah. out. I mean, they lost a lot that like, opted out. Defense. Right. What did uh, one of the twins opt out? The backs? Yeah. Maybe. I can't remember. I can't remember now. There was some, I, I can't remember off the top of my head either, but there were some big names from y'all's defense that yeah. were just gone. I, I know he left. He went to Miami. Yeah, yeah. And then didn't one of didn't one of your tight ends also opt out? Like, didn't you have a decent tight end that uh, opted out? I can't remember. Yeah. So, I mean, you guys, I mean, you guys ended up, what, seven and nine? So it's not like you had an awful season. You missing all these starters and terrible quarterback play. I think the narrative of man, look how terrible Belichick is without Brady got a little out of hand. Yeah. He, oh yeah. He, he won seven games with like a Jets roster or a Jaguars <laughs> roster. Right. He won, he won like two and one game, to be honest. Because he still had him playing good defense, to be honest. Their offense yeah, they're, was still terrible. Their defense was awful. The offense couldn't put any points up to help the defense. Oh, yeah. So 
I'll lead into this with the uh, Patriots situation, talking about quarterbacks. Do you think? Do you think Stafford's "I don't want to go to New England" had to do with Matt Patricia coming back to New England, or do you think Brady's kind of put it out there to the league, like, "Hey, this is what you got to deal with if you go to New England," and he didn't want to deal with that. Probably a combination of both. I mean, my guess. I mean, because I guess there are high expectations there that if you're going to do the Patriot way or it's the highway. Very fair. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Brady can chirp all he wants, but I mean, he won six Super Bowls there. So, probably if you yeah. like him or not, we'll get into you later. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, he can badmouth Belichick all he wants, but Belichick's proven he's a defensive genius. He's going to play with a good defense. He won six Super Bowls. Very true, unfortunately. Matt Patricia is awful, too, as a coach. There's lots of players that come out bashing him. Well, as a Eagles fan, I don't know if I've said that on the air yet. Um, I have Darius Slay on my team, and every opportunity he gets, he bashes Matt Patricia. Did you see that big interview he had, or some of the stuff Matt Patricia did to him, like in the film, in the film room and stuff? I'm not 100 percent sure. No, um, he went on like first take or something, and I, I don't, I don't remember the, the exact stuff. I have to rewatch it, but he was, he was trying. I think he was trying to set the tone, kind of like how you know, like. Some coaches in sports, like how Popovich used to call out Duncan or Belichick would yell at Brady. But I think he, he did it repeatedly over and over and over and kept putting down um, your all's corner. Slay. Slay and like Stafford and people like that. And he got really personal with Slay and he said some really inappropriate stuff to him in the middle of the film room. I don't remember the exact words of what he said. But it was really inappropriate. And Darius Slay said he has like no respect for him as a man anymore and pretty much just hated him. After that, and this was like early on. Like, I guess when, I have heard him there. say he has no respect for him as a man. Yeah, it's like word um, for word what he said. And Darius Slay actually came out right after this trade and bashed Detroit, um, the organization, not the city, um, um, about how Detroit ruins careers. And he brought up Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson and said, you know, pretty much like I think it was something along the lines of at least Matthew got out. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, not anymore with MCDC there. Mad City, Dan Campbell. <laughs> That's a shout out to Pat McAfee show. That's what they call him, MCDC. Uh, I I don't know what to think about it, about him to be honest with you. Like, I thought the interview or not the interview, the press conference was was funny. A lot of people just thought it was like awful and like this guy's crazy or whatever. I didn't think it was like gay last year where he looked like he was coked out or something. Like, is this, is this intense? Ready to go? <laughs> an organization like that has been that bad for that long and ruined that many careers. You have to set a culture, which is what he's trying to do. hundred percent. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go a different, little bit different direction with it here just for a second because I actually have a big problem with the Rams. And it's that every time I turn around, they reset the trade market. They're like, hey the going rate for a corner is two seconds. And they're like, hey Here's two firsts. Now the going rate for a corner is two firsts. And now we're giving, you know, three draft picks for a a quarterback, and I'm leaving one out. Y'all made a – there's a third trade here. I looked it up before I came, and now I'm blanking out. Is it the Marcus Peters trade, the other corner? It might have been. It might have been. Then the Marcus. we shipped him off with the, yeah. the defense. Um, it just seems like every time I turn around, the Rams are like, What's everybody willing to give? Well, we'll double. Like, don't just add another little th- 
thing here to like beat everybody. It's shoot the crap out of the what everybody's willing to offer, and now now next time somebody comes up for a trade, it's like, well, they gave up two first for Ramsey, so I want at least that. They also kind of reset the market, um, paying running backs purely. Ah, uh, there we go. Then we, then we got. Uh, well, did it too with golf and wins. They both got paid giant money and then different reasons, but they both had really, really bad years. Golf's had a couple bad years after. When did he get paid this year or last year? Well, I think his contract started this year, but they signed him two years ago, right? Right, yeah. yeah. It was so. an extension that kicked in. Yeah. He's under contract through 24, I think. Like I said earlier, they paid Brandon Cook's giant money. He's just a one dimensional wide receiver. He's good, but. So, what, I guess my question to you, Uncle Doug, is. Why do you all keep doing that? I think part of it is because of the move to L.A. Uh, they knew when they got to L.A. they had to make a splash. Because if you don't make a splash in L.A., nobody comes. They're building a brand new stadium, and Kroenke wants a lot of people there. COVID took care of that this year. Um, but So I think they made some – I mean, they overstepped with Gurley, definitely. The Marcus Peter deal. They probably should have looked at him a little. I mean, not that he's not a good corner. He's doing great in Baltimore. He didn't fit the system they wanted to run, whereas Jalen Ramsey does. He should have made that deal first and then saved the other. But, yeah, and I, they definitely jumped in and paid golf way too early, in my opinion. And uh, luckily, we're kind of getting out of it. It's still costing us draft picks. But I'm hitting on the L.A. thing. If now there's two football teams in L.A. If you're not entertaining, you can be like the sixth most important team in L.A. Yeah, the Lakers, Clippers, Dodgers, USC Trojans, Rams, Chargers, UCLA, UCLA, the Angels, the Angels. I mean, they they're falling behind. The Kings are good in hockey most seasons. That's my point. Like, if you're a crappy football team, no one's gonna come watch you at all. The the Chargers right now, no one watches the Chargers. Well, yeah, when the Chargers first came to LA, they couldn't even fill that soccer stadium. Yeah, which (laughs) barely held anybody. Right. Yeah, I remember everybody making fun of them that the Chargers played every game away. Because there was more fans from the other teams in, exactly. in the L.A. stadium than there were Chargers fans. Chargers should have stayed in San Diego. I agree, and I still slip up and say San Diego Chargers yeah. this time. So, I mean, although I still say Oakland Raiders, too. So, I mean, I'm sure if we talk about this long enough, I'll slip up and say one of those things. Uh, no, I just, I noticed that, and, like, every time you guys do something like that, I wince. I didn't, this one didn't bother me as much. The Ramsey one did. Um, because, you know, like, obviously Ramsey's one of, if not the best corner in the league. Uh, but not not too far down that list is uh, Darius Slay. He's one of the top five corners in the league. And we gave up a first and a third for him, and then it was, like, two firsts. And I was just like, he's not a quarterback. <laughs> like, like, so I guess my question is, what does this do to Watson's market? Yeah, I was thinking about that the other day too when I saw this, because the people that want Watson, well, they're they're going to be looking at this trade now, going, uh, like realistically, say like uh, the Jets, say that they have a lot of stuff they can throw at him, like someone who's in his prime, he's like what twenty five, twenty six. Watson, you mean? Yeah, yeah, I think he's twenty six. He's one of the top, think. Yeah, one of the top five quarterbacks in the league, probably. You're gonna have to call for what four first rounders, maybe some other crap. Okay, so 
yes, I agree. Like, logically, now you're looking at, like, four firsts, which is insane. But then my thing is, the top teams on his list, is what have been reported anyway, are teams that aren't very good. So if you trade for Deshaun Watson and put him on your team that's not very good and trade away all your first-round draft picks, can you put enough around him to contend? Outside of Miami, I agree with you. Miami's high on yes, the list. Yes, Miami is very good. You're right on that. Miami is very good. Uh, but like the Jets, they said the Jets are the number one choice on his list. And I'm like, the Jets are an awful, awful roster. Um, if you gave up four firsts for Deshaun Watson and you have an awful roster, what's the difference between playing there and Houston? I I, I thought the Texans won the trade with the Jets because they had the most to offer. I haven't heard the Deshaun Watson part. He has a no trade clause. He can deny yeah. who he wants. Yes, he does have a no trade but clause. I thought the Texans want to trade with the Jets because they can throw a crap ton of draft picks at him. The number two pick overall this year, plus a bunch of future picks. I, I mean, Deshaun might have said that. I might have missed it. But I know the Texans really want to trade with the Jets. Well, if I was the Texans, I'd be. I'd want to talk to Miami, even though he would probably make Miami a Super Bowl contender. But Miami has two firsts this year and next year. Like they have what the number three or four pick this year because they have the Texans number, pick. That's number three. Yeah. And Tua. Yeah, and Tua. All right, right. Exactly. I mean, if I, I mean, was if I was Houston, well, if I'm Deshaun, I want to go to Miami. You know, for a, a multitude of reasons. Right. They have a good roster. They seem to have a really good coach. It's Miami of all. Th- I mean, yeah. you're going to go Florida play Florida has no income tax. No, that's <laughs> also true. He goes from one non-income tax state to another in Texas right. to Florida, so it's not like he's losing money in that. Plus. Houston ought to be able to recoup picks and maybe bring back a young quarterback. Although, I mean, not everybody agrees with me, but I think Sam Darnold is a quality quarterback. Oh, yeah. He's just playing so. on a terrible, terrible roster. I would like him in Indianapolis at this point. Matthew Stafford off the board. I think that'd be a great pickup for the I guys. do too. I think Darnold would be great for the Colts. But before we go too sideways on the quarterback carousel, because this could go very, very long into the night. Um, shall we talk Super Bowl? Let's go for it. All right. Well, this is mainly why Bob is here because everybody in this room hates Tom Brady. So we didn't want to be. Well, we just we didn't want this this episode to be too lopsided in the Brady hate. So we wanted to bring at least a Patriots fan in, to uh, to kind of even us out a little bit. So, I guess before um, we get too much into the talk, why don't we go around the room and give our Super Bowl prediction? Uncle Doug, you can start. Uh, I think it's going to be the Chiefs. I think it'll be close, but I think the Chiefs will get it. Ray? Uh, I think it'll probably be the Buccaneers. All right. Drew? It's definitely going to be the Chiefs. I'd say it, but it's going to be the Chiefs. I'd say the Chiefs, but Tom Brady finds a way to win regardless. Wait. I'm going to go Chiefs 31-28. Ooh, got a close the score. And Pacific. Well, I'm also going with the Chiefs, but I will say this. If the Chiefs are winning at halftime, I'm gonna be scared out of my mind. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's a what, bad sign. What was the score at halftime? Like they were up like 24, 28 to three. Is right, that correct? 28 to three. Yeah. Now, me and Bob watched that Super Bowl together. I mean, 
essentially it's who was up by how much in every halftime of every Patriots Super Bowl they won. The Rams were winning at halftime. Yes, yes, we the were. Eagles were winning at halftime. Seahawks. The Seahawks. The Panthers, the Panthers were winning at halftime. Not only were they winning at halftime, we were like breaking records for offense in the first half of that game. Like T.O. went for like 200 yards in the first half and then all of a sudden forgot how to play football in the second half or something. <laughs> on, a, on a broken leg, too. Yeah, on a broken leg. Uh, anyway, I, before I get too much into the you know Patriots cheat, um, I'm going to digress yeah. there a little bit. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so we got just one box pick. Is that correct, Ray? You no, the only one. Oh, Bob. Bucks. I'm sorry, Bob and Ray. So why you guys? Why you guys feel like the Bucks are the pick? Tom Brady knows how to win. I mean, I'd really like to see him lose. Kind of like pass the torch to Mahomes. I think Mahomes is going to be like the next. Super Bowl quarterback that's going to be in 50% of the Super Bowl since he's been drafted, like Brady. Ray? Uh, Brady's just been tested for like the last 20 years. He knows how to get there if it's, you know, deflating balls or whatever he's got to do. He knows how to, you know, win the title. So, I mean, you can't count him out whether whatever he's doing. So, am I hearing this right? Are you saying that you think – Arians and the Buccaneers have bought in to do whatever it takes. I think maybe Brady has taught him a few things. He's like, hey, Bruce, let me show you my playbook. <laughs> Which is the other team's playbook. Well, it did come out last week. Bruce says he does let Tom just coach sometimes practice. He does. And it was a coaching tutorial on how to, how to catch deflated balls. Gronk's a pro at it. And then he's like, hey, Bruce, uh, here's a, how to pilot a drone for dummies. <laughs> <laughs> on, a, on a serious note, the Buccaneers do have a really good defense. And yeah. and the Chiefs just lost their left tackle to a torn Achilles, and the Buccaneers' defensive line is very good. Well, you're only half right there. They lost their left tackle, and their right tackle was already out. Oh, okay, so. So they've lost both their starting tackles and I believe one of their guards. Because Wisniewski is now starting at guard again. Someone that can maybe is fast enough to cover uh, Kelsey that's not a cornerback is that Bush of the Buccaneers. He runs like a 4-4. He's insane. I really like uh, Fred Warner from San Francisco and Leonard from from the Colts. But this, this kid... And Tampa Bay is is on that level. He's he's really really good. Well, Levante David's just as good. That's crazy. Yeah, Levante David's been a beast for yeah. years. They play right next. To him. They both run like four 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 fives. Like they're they can fly. And I mean Kelsey's not exactly a burner. He's just smart and big and catches everything. But Bush can keep up with him for sure. I guess here's my thing. I believe the Chiefs um, are better than the Bucks. I wouldn't. It's not like I'm like, oh, it's easily a blowout. No way, no way. And I'm like, I don't think the Bucks stand a chance. But I do think the Chiefs are better. That being said, there's a lot, there's a lot going on here. Like, with, like you said, the injuries to the Chiefs' offensive line, um, that being coupled with Mahomes apparently having a foot injury. So who knows if he can run around as well. Uh, they said something about his toe. They said he's wearing one shoe bigger than the other right now because he has to wear a 
some type of uh, something on his foot to help him with it. Um, and then uh, their defense isn't overly stellar to begin with. Um, but I also don't believe that Brady can go out and throw three picks in the second half and Mahomes won't take advantage of that. Although I was surprised Rodgers didn't take advantage of it. So I, who knows? Well, the Buccaneers held them to three and outs on two of the three turnovers. So. Yeah. yeah so their defense is good. And the, the Chiefs' defense, they're not bad, but they're not great. They're kind of built. They're built to play from a hit. You got Jones and Clark that can rush the passer. And they got Matthew. They're kind of built like Peyton's old Colts. You had Bob Sanders, Freeney, and Mathis. And they have Jones, Clark, Matthew. That, that They're built to play with the lead. And that's what they're good at. But if you get behind, then they can struggle. You can run on them a little bit, control the clock, and stuff like that. Which the Buccaneers have shown they're going to do every game all year long, not just in the playoffs. They have stuck with the run game. They, yeah, they run and they launch it down the field. Yes, yes. They, uh, they, been riding Jones, Ronald Jones all year, and then Fournette has been not playing, not playing, not playing, and then playoff team, playoff team, playoff time rolls around, and they're like, "Oh, here's Fournette, crush!" And you're just like, "Where was this all year? Like, was this a plan? Like, literally, we're not going to play you all year until playoffs? Like, wow, the prick, it's huge. He is. He's and then they spell him with Ronald Jones, the guy that had like 1,300 rushing yards this year, and you're like, there's just no break." And this, like you said, it's not like the Chiefs' run defense is is awesome. Pretty much just gotta get past Jones in the middle. You can run on him. It's a uh, it's an interesting thing to look at, just because I have complete and total faith in the Chiefs' offense, just because history says they're awesome and they do ridiculous things, like against Deshaun Watson, somebody we just talked about, you know, last year in the playoffs, we're down twenty four points and. Came back and won by like twenty. Yeah, they scored like fifty some points that game. It was ridiculous. That was kind of the playoffs last year. Let's see how long we let them be ahead, and we'll kick it in high gear. That's what also worries a lot of people. They right, mess, they mess around. Instead of mm-hmm. coming out of the gate and slaughtering you, they they mess around. I mean, they almost lost Super Bowl because of it. If Jimmy G hits that long pass, they they lose. They Jimmy, don't want. They don't want to do that with Brady though, because no. he's smart enough that he's like, oh, we're ahead. Here, we'll just run the ball down your throat. Yeah, a couple of jump passes here and there. And it's a fair point. I mean, he's definitely better than Jimmy G. Well, not only that, but last week, even as bad as was it last week or the week before, I can't remember which. But where Tyron Matthew came up with the big interception. They play last week. Well, they played the Bills last week. Uh, they beat the Bills. Uh, they beat the Bills pretty handily. Right, so. Browns game. Yeah. He got intercepted. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, because Mahomes got knocked out, yeah. and Henny Henny was in. And the Browns had come back and were and made it a real game, and then Matthew comes up and makes a big interception and kind of seals the game for him. And you're you're sitting there like, wow, that was that was crazy good. But at the same time, they seem to do this all the time. Like especially with Tyron Matthew, he seems to be the guy that does it for him more often than not. But, uh, if that guy doesn't fumble at the back of the end zone, the Browns win, don't they? Or they just tie it. Well, they lost by five, yeah, and they, they, they that, that would have been a touchdown. But that was earlier in the game, so who knows what happens the rest of the true, game. But, but, point, like, but, yeah. That's a, that's a freak thing. Like, he also, doesn't fumble out of the end zone. They also didn't call the targeting on that play. I was throwing it to him. Yeah. Yeah. I think the Browns, it seemed like they got away from, like, their normal 
Yeah, they, 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 they run the ball. They were run, run. Dude. And all of a sudden, Baker's out there throwing the ball like he's Mahomes. I'm like, what's <laughs> going on here? Yeah, <laughs> it's true. They didn't run the ball hardly at all in the first half. And they got, I think, it was Chubb or Hunt. I got one in the second half. Well, that, that, uh, that was. I think two or three plays in yeah. the second half. That was really a big surprise to me because the week before, when the Browns kicked the Steelers' teeth in, it was with a uh, substitute coach, and he just really ran it down Pittsburgh's throat all game, you know, what they've been doing all year, and you're like, oh, okay, this guy do the game plan. And then Stefanski comes back, the guy that's been doing it all year, and he's like, no, we're not doing that anymore. I think it's just the I think when people play the Chiefs, they get scared that they have to score a ton of points so they can get away from the game plan. They start throwing and throwing. Which, like what Bob said, that's not what the Browns are good at. Baker's oh, okay. He's average. Like, I'm not going to say he's bad, but he's not good, I don't think. I like his commercials. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Fair commercials enough. are good. So, this is a little bit off topic, but still here. Uh, actually, on the way here, I was listening to the Ringer NFL show, and... One of the guys on there said, the Browns can't be a contender because Baker is not on Mahomes' level, and that's who he's got to go through to get there. Mm-hmm. And I strongly disagree with that. I don't think, maybe I'm wrong, but you have to have the best quarterback in the league to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, that's true. You see, what happens is... Terry Bradshaw? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure Terry Bradshaw got benched a couple times on the way to winning Super Bowls. He oh, did. Yeah. He did. So, I mean, I mean, people. It's the biggest team game we have. Like, I mean, how many great defenses did Brady have? All of them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the Eagles had a good defense, and they won a couple years ago when we won the Super Bowl in what, 06, 07. Um, in the playoffs, we we uh, we held people under like like under 17 points a game, like two or three games in a row, like. So, I mean, Peyton needs a great, de- Peyton needs a great defense in his second Super Bowl. Like, defenses, running games are, are giant factors. Ravens, when Trent Dilfer was the quarterback. Oh, Brad Johnson won one with the with the Buccaneers. Right. I mean, you can do it without a great quarterback. And my Bears, only Super Bowl in 85. Yeah. I mean, we did their offense was a lot. It was. Yeah, but I mean, the defense yeah, yeah. was probably one of the best. They, they had Walter Payton in the quarterback's name. Jim McMahon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, not that I'm discrediting the 85 Bears, but that was a different game. Yeah. Um, I don't think you win purely on defense anymore. Okay, I um, But I just don't think you have to have one like a top three quarterback to win a Super Bowl. You know, I think as long as your quarterback is good, you can. I think it's very hard to win a Super Bowl with a bad quarterback. Although that's been done in the past, but not recently. Not that I'm aware, unless somebody can remind me. Although the Rams almost did it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> although that year, that year, golf had like 35 touchdowns. Like he did. Yeah, it, it was the best year of his career. Sure. Yeah. That's what got him his contract. Um, but I just, I don't know. I just find it hard to believe that since Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league, which I do agree with, that. Well, unless your quarterback's as good or better than him, you can't beat him. I, a lot of it has to do, too, with the whole rookie contract thing. Because his big contract doesn't kick into this next year. So they're still playing with Mahomes on the rookie contract. So they've got money to pay a lot of people. Like the Seahawks were till they paid Russell Wilson. And what have they done since they paid Russell Wilson? Good, not great. Right. They watched the Legion of Boom leave. 
Right. right. Yeah. Exactly. Literally one by one. So the Chiefs better be careful. Well, me, me and Alex talked about this last night. We were talking about the Chiefs. And yeah. Yep. How, like, just like Uncle Doug said, they hurry up and paid Kelsey and Hill and Chris Jones and Mahomes, and so they have their core. In like three years, Tyreek's up, Kelsey's up. Kelsey gets old in a few years. He's already like 31, 32. Um, and then yeah, to replace all these guys. So they have like a two, three-year window here where they're going to go for it every year. Well, they have one decision to make it after the Super Bowl. Tyra Matthew is a free agent. See, I don't know how they paid everyone that they paid this last year. I don't know if they can pay him. I don't know where they found the money to pay a half a billion to Mahomes, Ty- Tyreek, Kelsey, Chris Jones. These all, all these guys got top-of-the-line contracts for their position. They did, but part of it goes back to what Uncle Doug said. Mahomes' contract hasn't kicked in yet. Oh, that's true. So because they're not – like, it's on the books, but it doesn't kick in. So they front-loaded Kelsey and Jones' contracts, and they get these big bonuses right off the bat to get a bunch of their big money off the books before Mahomes kicks in. And Mahomes is, is backloaded. So Mahomes, his last year, is going to make some stupid amount of money. But that being said, at that by the time we're 10 years down the road, quarterbacks might be making that on the regular then. Because the other than when we have a pandemic, the NFL's cap goes up by $10 million every year like clockwork. Yeah, I mean, back to the golf thing. I mean, we've all agreed golf is very good, and he's making $33 million a year. Something insane like that. Thirty six. Like, like this year, that's even worse. Like so like literally Mahomes contract in a few years might be what most other like what Deshaun gets in a few years. Or he or he resigned. Who Watson? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. Watson's okay. just signed a new contract. Yeah, he did. The next new big quarterback. He's gotta keep moving up. Trevor Lawrence? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well it is no the next one will probably be Kyler Murray. About Lamar. Oh yeah. Or Lamar. Yeah, Lamar, I forgot about Lamar. Lamar. Lamar and Kyler Murray will probably be the next couple to come up that sign big big old contracts. Uh, unless we're forgetting somebody. What about well, Dak? Yeah, I was going to say, what are they going to pay Dak? I, 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 okay, so I'm an Eagles fan, so this goes into dangerous territory. But I just have no faith in anything. Like, I have no idea what the hell the Cowboys are doing. They're like, hey, let's make our running back in today's NFL the highest paid running back in football. After... We watched the Falcons fail with it, the Rams fail with it. Who else am I missing? Maybe I'm Bill. Yeah, uh, with the Jets fail with it. Let's go ahead and give our running back, who is holding out, who has a history of being a terrible decision maker off the field. Let's go ahead and make him the highest paid running back in the history of football. And but we're gonna screw around with our quarterback. And and Zeke had two years left. He didn't really have any leverage either. Yeah, he's sitting in Cabo going, "I'm not going to show up." Okay, go home, bro. Now Dak has all the leverage because the Cowboys got awful without him. Okay, so explain that to me because I don't see it. I don't see how Dak has all the leverage here because, first off, he's coming off a pretty bad injury. Um, so, And the second franchise tag is very reasonable. It's not this astronomical number, so they could they have that option. Second off, um. They, were, they weren't great without him, but they weren't winning when he was there. He was throwing for 500 yards a week, but they were losing every week. They were, Andy Dalton won as many games this year as Dak Prescott. Dalton actually did have a decent streak. Like, After he got into the offense consistently, and like he came in for a game, got a concussion, missed a game, 
then he came back, and once he played for a couple weeks, he actually was thrown for like 280, 290 a week. They they won like three games in a row at one point. Like he he was he was playing not like astronomical, but he was filling in well and doing things with a team that was really hurt. Like their offensive line had a lot of injuries. They uh, but they have those crazy weapons. How many quarterbacks would go in and throw to those three guys? All of them. I mean, Dak, I mean, you're not going to resign any Dalton for to star in your franchise. No, I no, mean, no. Dak's young. Dak was putting up a lot better stats than Dalton. Dalton did play well, but Dak, Dak was putting up like 35 points a game, but they were giving up like 42. That was, he was doing really well. He was putting up, he was going to have insane stats this year. He was. And he's obviously really young. Obviously, the, the injury's going to hurt the athleticism probably. But um, what were they squabbling over? Two, three million? He wanted like... I believe he wanted forty. They were at and like they were at, they were like at thirty six or something. They okay. were at golf money. So at this point, after you watch this season derail, after you've already paid, they paid a ton of guys already, and some of them are already on the way down. So your window's probably you probably already missed it, but it's Jerry Jones. He's not going to take the windows over. So he's going to want to hurry up and win. So after this waste of the season, he's going to hurt want to hurry up and re-sign Dak to probably whatever he wants at this point. He's going to say, "Screw the four million. You can have your forty million. Go out." over 500 yards so we can try and win games. That's my opinion. I think they missed the window on their offensive line. Yeah, absolutely. They had the best offensive line around, and now they're in a mess. And that's part of why Dalton gets concussion and Dak's hurt. Zeke Zeke went downhill. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I think they've missed the window. uh, I don't know what's going to happen there. So let me ask this. Obviously, we've gone off on a tangent. We're not talking about the Super Bowl currently. But... uh, (laughs) Did that team underachieve? Because Dak walked in with the best running back in the league, a brick wall for an offensive line, and a competent defense, although those secondary had some issues. But their front was very good. They had elite linebacker play. um, And they had a shutdown corner for a few of those years. Uh, So I guess my question is, did they not do enough during that time? Because you know, going nine and seven, you know, every couple times, and they had the one really nice season where they were like what thirteen and three, and they, and, the and they lost to the Packers in the playoffs. Is that just them underachieving, or because now you got now you've paid the running back, you paid the quarterback, everything? It's a lot harder now, and like you said, the offensive line is old, and some of them have already retired now because uh, the the guard I can't remember his name. Uh, the center, the center, he had to retire what, because Zach of a Martin. health problem. Is that Martin? Zach? Oh, Martin's the guard. Martin's, um, uh, the center uh, was, uh, oh my gosh. Um, I his name. I can, Jeremy and Bubba are kicking me in the ass right now. Yeah. Uh, Martin's the guard. Yeah, well anyway, he had to retire because of a health issue. Right. Um, so I guess I am keep rambling on, but did they underachieve? Yes. I think so. Oh yeah. Because I mean, For I sure. think they expected great things out of the Cowboys and they just haven't done it. Well, I think that Problem was like you said how good they were when Dak came in. When Dak was a rookie, he overachieved to get them to thirteen and three. But he's a rookie; he's not going to go in the Super Bowl as a rookie. Like that almost never had that ever happened. I mean, and then as he got a little better or got more experience, everyone else got worse. The defense after after your two or three with Dak was not very good. The offensive line was still good. Witten got old. Deads fell off a cliff. I mean, they had Cole Beasley. I mean. So I think as he got more experience, the team got worse. So their window was there, but Dak wasn't there yet. When 
he got more experience. The rest of the team fell off. That makes sense. I agree. I, I see what yeah. you're saying. Um, now it appears they have the opposite problem. Their defense is bad. Their offensive line is bad. But now they have a bunch of weapons. Right. Receivers, running backs. Yeah. But you got to protect him for him to get the ball to him. <laughs> I think you have to have a defense to go far in the playoffs or win a Super Bowl. That's like 95% of teams that won a Super Bowl have a great defense or a good defense. Oh, yeah. Like maybe the Chiefs is the only one I can think of the top of my head that had a mediocre defense won a Super Bowl. The Rams, the fastest or the oh, greatest, greatest show, show on turf. But you know what? They were built like you were talking about your Colts earlier. They were built like the Colts. They knew how to play when they were in front, which with that offense, they were usually in front. And they had guys that could rush the quarterback and uh, put pressure on them. And if you didn't have to worry about them running, you could get in there and I mean, get even, it done. Even like we talked about Brady had great defenses. Joe Montana's 49ers defenses were really good. They never get talked about, but they were really good. Elway's two championships. Denver had top defenses. I mean, it's, well, I'll put it this way. Um, I can't remember the year, but what was the year that Peyton won his Super Bowl with the Colts? 0607. I remember somebody saying every year of Peyton's career that he's had a top five defense, he's won a Super Bowl, which obviously was once at that, that point in time, although he had a top five defense the second time he won a Super Bowl as well. The real kicker is, is even after that, every time Brady had a top five defense, or not every time he had one. Every time Brady won a Super Bowl, he had a top five defense. The pro- the difference is Brady had a top five defense every year. Belichick didn't. Oh no, Brady, Brady. Belichick is a defensive mastermind. I mean, did you guys watch the two Bills? I watched part yes. of it. Yeah. Essentially, what I got out of that was Belichick was the mastermind behind Parcells' defense. I mean, yeah, he was the coordinator with Lawrence Taylor and all those guys. Yeah. Um, Even when he went with the Browns head coach, he didn't have a great success, but they had good defenses, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So let's steer this back to the Super Bowl because <laughs> we got off on some tangents there, so I apologize. But we, I asked Ray and Bob why they picked the Bucks. Why did the three of you pick the Chiefs? I was thinking in today's uh, NFL um, with Mahomes and that offense and no one's really stopping so far. Like the only big game they've lost was to Brady, uh, Mahomes' first year starting, and they still scored like 35 points. Um, their defense makes timely plays. Um, I don't think it's going to be like a runaway game. I think the Buccaneers have a good chance. Like if, if Brady wins the seventh Super Bowl, I'm not going to be shocked by any means. They have a good defense. Obviously, Tom Brady's playing. Um, they have like two good running backs, three three number one wide receivers, a couple of good tight ends. I mean, the Buccaneers are really good. I just think the Chiefs' offense is. No one's caught up to it yet. That's pretty much what I'm saying. Um, I just think the Buccaneers are an experience. Like when after the NFC Championship game, Mike Evans was going to the locker room. That's only you gotta wait for the ceremony, plus ceremony. I don't know if some of the younger players are gonna be ready to play in the Super Bowl. Like some of the receivers and stuff, running back. They've never been there before. Tom Brady might be the only one. So the and Gronk. Are, well, and Gronk, yeah, but <laughs> Gronk's also a good case. You never know what Gronk's oh, doing. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't win the Super Bowl. Playing baseball. <laughs> use it as a baseball. Hey, so, Gronk- yeah. Gronkowski also won the 24-7 title at WrestleMania. <laughs> so you can't forget about that one. Uncle Doug? Well, I just I feel like Brady is 
having more turnovers than he has in the past. And uh, evidence of the three interceptions in the last game. And Mahomes takes advantage of those things. Um, he's he's pretty special at this point. He seems to, anybody gives him an opening, he seems to take it. And I think that the Buccaneers are probably going to give him a couple openings. He'll finish it off. Fair enough, fair enough. I do definitely, I think I said it earlier, I do definitely think Mahomes is a guy you can't make mistakes against. Um, not that you can make a bunch of mistakes against Brady either. Um, so it may be one of those things of first team to blink. You know, you come out and somebody gets a turnover, whether it's a, a fumble or an interception, you know, whatever it is, it, that decides the game. Because I really don't see this being a blowout. I just I just can't picture it. All Brady games are close. I'm not even trying to make fun of them. They are. They're all like one score games, last second field goals, last second touchdown. Yeah, I mean, Vinatieri made a living helping Brady win Super Bowls. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, they played the Rams. I guess it's going to come down to a field goal. Adam will make it this week. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody's like, you're crazy. They don't stand a chance against the Rams. I'm like, we'll see. Well, they shouldn't have, but that. Yeah. I, <laughs> I have a I have a question. Um, we've given Bob a hard time about Tom Brady, but I want to know how Alex feels because he hates both quarterbacks. Um, we're, we're not a fan of either one. <laughs> no, I, I don't like either one. Um, if you'd asked me at the beginning of the football season, what's the worst case scenario for the Super Bowl? <laughs> this would have been it, uh, because I I will struggle to root for either. Uh, although I have decided to root for the Chiefs because I'd rather see Mahomes get a second one than Brady get a seventh one. Uh, but, yes, this is going to be... I, I consider not watching, to be honest. It's going to be a struggle for me. But, that being said, I do... It's not like I'm sitting here going, well, they both suck. Like, I'm not an idiot. They're both great quarterbacks. Um, but, I really struggle with things. I think I mentioned it to Wade last night when we were uh, talking, some of the things that bother me a lot about Mahomes aren't even Mahomes' fault. It's the media coverage of Mahomes. Um, I've listened to like 10 guys on national media over the last two weeks tell me if Mahomes wins this game, he's already the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, but in the same conversation, we're going to talk about the guy he's playing. If he wins, it'll be his seventh Super Bowl, and he's got, what, three MVPs? Uh, but Mahomes with two Super Bowls and one MVP is already better than him. He, he gets the LeBron treatment in the NFL. Yeah. He does. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 What really does. yeah, I, I mean, mean, no, it's not. Be better than Jamar Chase. Or, or Peyton, Peyton, Peyton Manning, Chase. you know. <laughs> uh, there's, there's, there's other guys here, but my point being is, like, I obviously don't agree with them. I don't think you guys do either. It's, and maybe it's just a ratings grab to say something crazy, but I, it's not just, like, it's not like I just heard Skip Bayless say it or, or Stephen A. Smith guys that are just saying random things to get clicks or whatever. Like I've heard like ten or twelve guys say it, and I'm like, is this really where we're at with Patrick Mahomes? Like two Super Bowls and an MVP three years into your career makes you the greatest player of all time. That's a good stepping stone for his career. Be better. I got, I got a question. Sorry. Oh, you're right. Um, if if Mahomes does win. Where does he realistically then fit in the all-time great quarterbacks? Or is he in there yet? I, I don't I don't start this conversation at year three. 
you can win three MVPs and three championships in three years. I just don't start this conversation three years into your career. I mean, that's just my personal feelings on it. So when you ask me where does he fall, I say he hasn't entered yet. That was one of my questions, if he's even entered. Well, I mean, he's got if he wins, he'll have two Super Bowls. So does Eli Manning. Fair point. And I believe we just kind of covered it. He's getting ready to enter the toughest part of his career. True. Like where his, his rookie contract is ending, and it's going to be hard for them to surround him with pro bowlers. Yeah. Um, so, is, I don't, obviously I think he's going to continue to be great. But ask other players from past. He may never sniff the Super Bowl again. It's pos- I mean, it's very possible. It's like Aaron Rodgers. He has seen the Super Bowl since what, 2010, 2011. Yeah. I mean, that's true, and he's always been one of the best quarterbacks yeah. in the league. It's not like he went out and played like crap after that. Well, I mean, he got paid a couple times, and he lost receivers and defensive players. He lost, you know, was the year he won, they had a great defense. They had Charles Woodson and Clay Matthews and A.J. Hawk. They had a defensive lineman, I can't remember his name, that was really good. And then, you know, like, like every other case, you know, they had to spend money on Rodgers. Woodson left. Uh, AJ Hawk ended up leaving. Um, they had a couple other players leave. Greg Jennings left. Like all that. I mean, it happens to everybody. I mean, he went. He went back later, but Roethlisberger had that immediate success. Yeah. No, no, I'm not. I'm not saying Roethlisberger is or isn't anything. I'm just saying he went to Super Bowls immediately, and then didn't sniff another Super Bowl and for what. I don't know how long, but quite a while after that. His last one was against Kurt Warner and the Cardinals. So that was kind of the ways. Yeah, it was a big gap between them is what I'm saying. Is like, you know, even uh, El- like even Elway. Just kind of well, physical. he in comparison to Mahomes, Roethlisberger wasn't even very good for his first Super Bowl. That defense was like one of the, not, not the greatest defense ever, but they were very, very good. They, he got a top five defense for the first part of his career. And that's and, how they won the first two Super Bowls. He was better the second Super Bowl. That first and, Super Bowl, he was not very good. Yes, they rode their defense and two Pro Bowl running backs, Bettis and Parker. Yeah, it was bust the first yeah, Super Yeah, to, uh, to a, a Super Bowl to bring this all the way back around, just like Brady did his first few Super Bowls. He rode a defense and running, running backs to running back Super Bowls. I mean, they had no real... Big names at the time, per se, but it's just a group of three, four guys that wouldn't turn the ball over. Didn't Dylan show up at some point there? He was there briefly. I don't think he was there the whole time. They went to the committee thing, I think, like Bob said, after the first or second one. Yeah. He was there for, like, what, one, maybe two? But he got old. He got old. Because he was, his prime was in Cincinnati. Yeah, in Cincinnati, yeah. But he, he, the last prime year or two was them, but then they did the committee thing after, like, the first one or two. I, um, but yeah, I wasn't trying to compare Roethlisberger to Mahomes as far as like throwing ability and those things earlier in their career because it just wasn't, wasn't the same. But we also brought up Russell Wilson earlier. He went to two Super Bowls very, very quickly in his career and can't get out of the first round now after they've paid him. Yeah, well, um, and even though he's been really good. They, they built their team really weird after the Legion of Doom. He has no offensive line. He, well, now he has DJ Metcalf. That he just kind of had like Lockett and Baldwin, where should have been twos, but they were number one. Never really had a tight end. I mean, their defense sucked for the past couple of years. And he carries them by like 10 11 wins, but then he 
by himself, Luke obviously kind of like supports our point. Yeah. Well, does uh, you got any more questions for me about the quarterback situation? Or uh, I don't think we can briefly hit on what this will do for like Andy Reid or Tom Brady if they win. I, I guess I'll go. Uh, personally, I think with Andy Reid, if he uh, if he wins another one, which you know obviously I just picked him to do so, he quickly starts gaining ground on some big names. He. I think he'll jump into the echelon of Don Shula, um, Bill Parcell, the lots of wins, multiple Super Bowls. He's not up to like the Walsh or Belichick level. Yeah. But he had that Hall of Fame. Yeah, like there's there's levels to it. He he hits that level, I think. Yeah, I think I agree with that. But doesn't he have a little record with the Eagles? When he was with the Eagles? The NFC Championship. Three NFC Championships hosted at home three consecutive years, and then he did it with the Chiefs and then with the AFC. And he also had a ton of success with a bunch of crappy quarterbacks. He had, I mean, he had McNabb. There was a lot of years of, like, Kevin Kolb, Jeff Garcia. I mean, Alex, Alex Smith was okay. Uh, he's an athletic game manager. They won 10, 11, 12 games with him every year. And he got Mahomes. He, he won a lot of games with um, bad quarterbacks. He did in that. And until recently with the Chiefs, he always did it with really crappy Skill position players. Yeah, outside of like Brian Westbrook. Yeah, uh, like when he had the Eagles, it was for the almost that entire time it was Brian Westbrook as your running back, who is now your leading receiver as well, because yeah. you've got the five of us playing receiver. Uh, you know, Todd Pinkston and uh, Reggie Lewis and a bunch of guys we don't even know who they are. Jason Avant. I mean, just because I'm an Eagles fan, that's the only reason I can name them. Um, and then one year of T.O. Yeah, the Super Bowl. <laughs> and we, yeah, we went to the Super Bowl. The goddamn Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that. I've <laughs> <laughs> heard that a lot. Want to hit on Brady? I don't know that Brady winning again changes anything. Like it, it, it adds to something that's already there. Nobody else is close to six. So if he gets a seventh one, I guess it extends it. But I don't know that it actually changes any narratives or any yeah. any legacy or anything like that. I mean, not that I'm taking anything away from Brady. It's just okay. You have six. You have seven. Is there really a big difference here? Because it's not like he's tied with somebody at six, or even somebody's one behind him with five. You're looking at 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 four, and then with a couple guys at four, nobody at five, and he's at six. So I don't know that it changes anything. It's just him pulling away from the pack. Well. The, the one thing that might, that does kind of change is, and it may just be a personal thing for him, but he can say he did it without Belichick. That's fair. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's kind of like when, the, again, I'm a Lakers fan, so I relate things back to that. But when Shaq won one without Kobe, that was a big deal for Shaq. One more championship wasn't that big a deal, but for him it was. Kobe winning the ones with Powell, he did it without Shaq. So this is kind of the thing with Belichick and Brady. Belichick's going to want to win one without him. To show that, I mean, we all know that Belichick's a great defensive coach, but he's going to want to show that. And Brady wants to show he can do it without him. Sure. I was kind of curious how Brady would do this year without Belichick. Yeah. Well, they've kind of picked it up here at the end of the year, but statistically, his year started off pretty terrible. Brady, I mean. Um, he, and he was awful. Last, last year there, he was awful. And 
and even last week throwing three picks in a championship game is very un-Brady. Yeah. Um, I don't Definitely. think Brady's the same guy. Um, he's still good. I just don't think he's the Brady we've gotten used to watching over the last 10 years or whatever. Kind of what I picked up on Brady this year was when they played like the Lions, he had like five touchdowns and like 250 yards. When they played the Saints, he had two touchdowns, two interceptions, 280 yards. So, I mean, he's still at 40, 43. Yeah. He's still good enough. He's going to beat the team he's supposed to. He struggles a little bit more with the tougher teams. But he's obviously still getting the job done. Yeah, the last two weeks of the season, combined, he had nine touchdowns. And they played the Cardinals and the Lions. Falcons or someone, but he had like four touchdowns against two. Because he ended up the year with like 40 touchdowns. But it was because those last few weeks of the season, he just blew it out of the water there. Um which is which is fine. I mean, guys have been doing that for years. I mean, Breeze and Matthew Stafford have been making putting up huge numbers against bad teams for years. Yeah, I like overall just the Brady thing. Kind of like what Alex said. Um, everyone already has their opinion on Brady. He's either the goat or you hate him. He cheated. So another Super Bowl doesn't change anything. I don't really think. I mean, honestly, that's just really everyone's opinion. Either already think he's the goat, which won't change, or no matter what he does, he cheated. So. Everyone already has their opinion set. I don't think it's really changing. That's fair. Anybody else got anything to add? I think it's all been said. All right. Well, I guess we'll uh, we'll wrap up this semi-emergency edition of Sports the Nemo <laughs> Way, and uh, we will uh, see you again on Thursday with our regular scheduled programming, and uh, we will talk to you guys later.